Welcome to this special Halloween episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast and the only podcast that craves your soul. But we must have your permission. Yes, you. That's the rules. That's when, yeah. yeah, when someone needs your souls, you have to uh, willingly give it up. It's like a vampire, right? They can't come in unless you invite them in. Right. It's like come. No, just kidding. <laughs> you guys stay outside. Fortunately, <laughs> by pressing play on the podcast, you have already given permission. Haha! <laughs> it's like those iTunes uh, agreements. <laughs> yes, it's in the it's in the end user agreement <laughs> that no one reads. Sorry. So we have your souls. We'll harvest uh, five to six souls with this episode. I will return a soul, though, for a nice bottle of uh, single malt scotch, though. Nah, for my soul, you got to jump out a window. <laughs> That's the rule. That is the rule. There are rules to these things, and you can only learn them when the expert comes along. Uh, fortunately, in this movie, that happens. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Should we do uh, Halloween skunk dicks? Let's do Halloween skunk dicks. I have no skunk dicks for Halloween. Everything, it's like the purge. Everything's permissible on Halloween. <laughs> That's right. Uh, by the way, skunk dick, worst Halloween treat ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one house, you're getting like a full-size Snickers and another house, and you're like, oh, a dick. Oh. I'm not sure skunk dicks are, are uh, worse than candy corn. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, here's a treat for you. This is that wax you can put on your braces when they're cutting up your mouth. <laughs> I just pulled it out of my ear. Here, have some. <laughs> it's naturally orange. <laughs> hey, speaking of Halloween candy, that's our skunk dick. That's our skunk dick? Halloween candy? That's a terrible skunk dick. <laughs> Everyone well, loves you, Halloween candy. Well, you know how every year everybody's scared because of poison candy or razor blades and apples or needles or some such? Yeah, I think, um, God, I think in Arizona we x-rayed some candy. Oh, did you? That, that's right. That's right. I remember places used to do that on Halloween as uh, some sort of thing. Like, yeah, bring the kids by, get a tree, x-ray your candy bag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here, have some radiation with your candy corn. <laughs> well, send the bill to your provider. No problem. <laughs> so this, uh, this usually pops up every year on Halloween. Yeah. Poison candy, the, the the adulterated food, the needles, the razor blades. And I can't tell you how many razor blades I accidentally swallowed while <laughs> wolfing down a fun-sized Snickers as a kid. Uh, seven, I'm you, guessing. <laughs> you think it hurts going in? Oh, my God. The first six razor blades aren't that bad. By the seventh one, you're like, I think something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't eat in that seventh Snickers. <laughs> So, did this even happen? That's our question for tonight. Chuck, did it happen? Like a lot of shit that goes around, who knows if this ever happened? Ever? No. Anywhere? I'll tell you what happened. Did, so, did it happen, like, randomly, like, with crazy people? There's, there's no evidence that, 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 for that. But um, in 1974, an eight-year-old Houston boy, uh, Timothy O'Brien, he died after eating cyanide-laced pixie sticks. Initially, it looked as though it was from trick-or-treating, but the investigation later focused on his father, Ronald Clark Bryan. Also, by the way, um, killers are always known by their three names. Always the middle name must be there. John Wayne Gacy. Yes. So it turns out he'd recently taken out life insurance policies on both of his children, and his idea he was going to give them poison candy and then cash it on their policies. Great, great plan, I'm thinking. 
Um, it never looks suspicious when you take out life insurance policies and then immediately kill those people. Right, uh, especially children. Like, who takes out a life insurance right. policy on their kid? <laughs> exactly. God, you know, um, maybe in 80 years this kid will die and I'll cash in on this. Well, he wasn't a complete idiot, Chuck. He he gave poison candy to a couple other kids, too, to cover up his tracks. Oh, good call. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, pixie sticks are usually traded away. They're uh, near the bottom of the candy chain. Yeah, but, uh, even as a kid, I kind of <laughs> just like pouring sugar in your mouth. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, fortunately, his daughter and the other children, um, they did not eat the pixie sticks yet when this was found out. They were going for the good stuff, the Snickers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Eventually, he was convicted and executed. Way to go, Texas. They actually actually did one right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Way to kill people, Texas. <laughs> so that's certainly horrible, right? But it's not the kind of uh, random poisoning that people are afraid of. Wait, the execution or the kid dying? The kid dying. Oh, the execution right. was applauded by all. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so you heard it here, folks. Matt is pro death penalty. Uh, wait, I'm not really. <laughs> In his case, I made an exception. There's always an exception, and that exception somehow proves the rule. People who murder their own children with cyanide-laced <laughs> pixie sticks. Jesus. They should just give him a cyanide-laced pixie stick. For it does not say in the Bible, an eye for an eye and a cyanide-laced pixie stick for a cyanide-laced pixie stick. And a rectum for a rectum. It certainly says that. Wrecked him. <laughs> it killed him. <laughs> you know, I, that's the only joke that I only know the punchline to, and <laughs> the actual joke itself. I don't think there is a joke. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, uh, what is it? What's that one? It's the doctor joke. It's like, well, then where's my pen? Or something like that. <laughs> if this is a thermometer, where'd I leave my pen? <laughs> I guess it's just assumed, huh? So, although there are an impressive array of poison deaths... Through Halloween candy, usually it's only because candy gets the blame, and then later on, investigation turns up the truth. For example, in 1970, a five-year-old boy died from a heroin overdose. His candy was tested and found to have been sprinkled with heroin. Police eventually learned the truth that the boy had come across his uncle's stash and just ate it for some... <laughs> That's expensive um, shit. Yeah, he probably thought it was pixie stick or, you know, something... He would, he'd run out of his Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah. So after they figured that out, the family put heroin on his candy to cover up the incident because yeah, they don't want to get busted for that and of course. possessing heroin. You got to protect the uncle. I mean, he's the yeah. real victim in all this. And every now and then, that fear gets a boost when someone dies on Halloween or they're eating Halloween candy. And of course, the incidents get causally related, right? It's like vaccines and autism, blah, blah, blah. So a parent has a heart attack, and they're eating a fun-sized Snickers. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, it's it's close in time, so right. therefore... <laughs> it was the Snickers! Matt, correlation does prove causation, and I defy you to prove otherwise. Ah, uh, I can't do it. It's so what about razor blades and needles, Chuck? How many did you find in your x-ray? I machine? usually just forego candy, and since my clinic is full of razor blades and needles, I just hand that out. <laughs> there you go. Clean needles for the kids. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the heroin. Here, take this syringe. <laughs> Separate it with the razor blade. Oh, yeah. Makes sense now. Yeah. Razor blades and needles. Okay. Now, I anyway, this is one of the ones they say you kind of should be scared of. A little bit. Just a little bit. 
Um, there are there have been some verified reports of sharp objects being placed in candy or fruit. Uh, but really, if someone gives you an apple on Halloween, you should throw it away and then go back and egg that house. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, let me tell you a little story about me and my sister who were trick-or-treating for the first time on our own. Right, My parents have entrusted me oh, the care... Great of my younger sister, so she's two years younger than I am, and we're going out in our grandma's neighborhood, so it's full of old, dying people. <laughs> oh, no. I'm guessing pencils. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people. it was the stash was few and far between. It was probably one of the worst Halloweens, but we came upon this house, and this really old lady answers the door, and she goes, oh, my, what a beautiful bunch of children. Why don't you come into my house for a caramel apple? And... Of what? Course. Was this like the witch from Hansel and Gretel? I mean, it's the total stereotypical cliche witch, right? But in my head, I'm like thinking, God, we haven't got much candy, and a caramel apple sounds really good right now. Sounds good to me. So sure, of course, I take my sister in, and we walk down the hall into her kitchen, and she does have caramel apples. Oh. Thank God. The story turned out okay. I survived. I thought you were going to say, and then you were murdered. <laughs> Well, my sister was murdered, but I got out of there with two caramel apples. So <laughs> oh, it was sweet. all good. It worked out. So, according to Snopes, uh, Snopes.com, free plug, since 1959, there have been about 80 reports of adulterated food, although most of them have been hoaxes, and most of the rest uh, turn out to be idiots who think they're pulling off a good prank. <laughs> oh, that uh, is a good one. <laughs> Good and the worst, yeah, the worst of these only resulted in uh, a few stitches. Um, so why that is kind of disturbing. It's not really as terrifying as eating a Butterfingers and dying a foaming mouth death. Um, in 2000, there's a massive loser named James Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, hmm, um, of Minneapolis. Any He's relation? Stuck, uh, I don't know. Probably, right? Probably. So blame Mormons. Uh, he stuck needles in sticker bars. That's why you're supposed to be suspicious of those people that hand out the full-size bars, man. No, uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> several children bit into them, but only one of them was pricked by a needle. Um, but how about something a little bit more fun than needles and razor blades, Chuck? How about pot? How about weed? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, also Just in hand 2000. Out some, hand out some uh, hash brownies. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, kids. You're going to have a good time tonight. Eat them now. Eat them. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, anyway, in 2000, some parents found pot stuffed in the candy wrappers. Uh, the police traced it back to a homeowner who worked at a postal facility, and <laughs> he found a bag of Snickers uh, with all the, like, the lost mail, the dead letters, whatever they call them. And uh, he's like, hey, I'll just give those out for Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to go buy anything. That, that is the uh, our government dollars at work right there. <laughs> Uh, just handing out candy, found at work. Here's some, look I at that. I found this random bag at work. Here, children, have some anthrax. It's a letter full of powder. It could be heroin, you never know. <laughs> have a, a good time. It's a surprise powder. So who's the winner? Uh, oh, wait. I would give that to Butterfingers, uh, which are, are possibly the uh, most hideous uh, tooth-destroying candy out there, short of now and laters. Really? Because I kind of give it the mounds because it's like a big thing of gooey coconut. See, the packaging on the mounds is enough to keep you away. The Butterfinger packaging actually looks like there's something inside that might be tastier than a chocolate-covered uh, slab of granite. Hmm. Yes. I, I have to admit, though, that I kind of like Butterfingers. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you also like peppermint patties? 
Oh, I do, oh. but only the mini ones. Disgusting. Not, not Disgusting. Ones. Well, what you have to do is you have to put them in the freezer first. Almond like, Joys. Oh, now fingers, that's just... Mounds, Three Musketeers should all die in an Annabelle doll-started popcorn fire. Three Musketeers, now you've gone too far. <laughs> There's nothing in there but chocolate and styrofoam. <laughs> it's not styrofoam. Oh, it's, my God. It's some sort of mousse-like uh, <laughs> confection. There should be some sort of nut or caramel in there, and it's just some marshmallowy whipped mounds. <laughs> it is kind of a cheat when you get a Three Musketeers, because you think, oh, it's like a full-size candy bar. But really, if you squish it down, it, it just all goes away. Warning. <laughs> just... 90% of this candy bar is air. But we're charging you the same price uh, as a Snickers. That's right. Oh, they're geniuses, and I fell for it. All yes. right. So Halloween candy is the true skunk dick. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, candy. <laughs> um, no, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. What are we doing? This we is a are movie. Doing, you remember last Halloween, uh, we did uh, The Conjuring. Conjuring. Starring our favorite ghost hunting paranormal Roman Catholics, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes. Did I leave anything out? Demonologist. Demonologist. <laughs> Demonologist. Certified, university-speaking, Vatican-called-upon demonologist. Charlatan demonologist. Charlatan, fake, phonies, and 50% dead. Skeptical demonologist. Oh, that's right. Very skeptical demonologist. Skeptical ghost hunters. Well, this movie, Matt, was about uh, Annabelle the doll who made a brief appearance in The Conjuring. Do you remember when he was interviewing the nursing students? I did. That's like the beginning, right? That's and, little. Uh, yeah, that's how this starts out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fortunately for the movie, that was the entire appearance of uh, Ed Lorraine Warren, and it was all off screen. So. So now we're doing Annabelle. Annabelle the doll, the scariest doll in the world. It's playing right now in theaters, uh, but don't go see it because it's it's it sucks. Annabelle <laughs> is the scariest doll since the uh, clown in Poltergeist. It. Oh, that's right. Like, what the hell is with these parents giving these <laughs> freaky-looking things to their children? They don't like them, I guess. I, I guess they're just trying to scare the living shit out of their children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're crying at night? I'm going to give you something to cry about. Here, play with this! Let's prop it up in a chair and point it directly at your bed. So it's always <laughs> looking at you. Hey, did you notice that the stars of the movie... Uh, there's This movie's basically about a, uh, a married couple and... Uh, Mia and John Gordon. Mia is played by Annabelle Wallace. Huh? Her name's Annabelle. Yes. That's one of those spooky coincidences yeah. that defy scientific explanation. Yeah, Tony Amendola plays uh, Father Perez, who's probably the scariest thing in this movie. Yes. Yeah, by far. <laughs> and Alfre Woodard plays the... Uh, you've seen it in other movies. It's the wise black woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yep. She's our expert. You gotta have an expert in this movie that eventually shows up. And it sure as hell ain't gonna be the priest. <laughs> no. He's no idea what he's doing. We know the priests are only expert on one thing, Matt, and that's molesting children. Yeah. And fortunately, even this child was too young for a priest. Well even Well, yeah. There's a bell shaped curve, you know. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this. It's it was so enjoyable to watch. I can't wait to review it. Oh, yeah. This was a great movie. I highly <laughs> recommend this movie. Yeah. Four stars out of 70. 
<laughs> it was not a good movie, and it was not a good horror movie. It was just, yeah, kind of a pretty uh, obvious um, a cash grab at, uh, after the success of The Conjuring. Right, right. And it has, by the way, it's made a buttload compared to its um, compared to its budget. Its budget was around sixty five or six point five million, and it's made seventy five million already. That's why people make horror movies. Yeah, let's make a horror movie. Yeah. Tell you. I think that's a great idea. You got six point five million. Uh, no, let's do one of those like paranormal activity, like fifteen grand horror movies. One of the found footage ones. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah. People love that shit. Even better. <laughs> well. Uh, this movie starts out introducing you to the young couple, uh, and of course, they're in church, um, doing something. I don't know what they're doing right at yeah. the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah, their hands are moving suspiciously as some sort of hand job game in church. You know, I don't go to church. Maybe this is common practice. I guess so. That's what people do in church, right? They finger each other? Yeah, I think, think? that's I think that's true. Um, and, and then you say, I win. I win. <laughs> Who won, by the way? I forgot. I think he did. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys always win. The guy, yeah, the guy yeah. won. Um, the first 15 minutes of this movie was just stunningly boring. It was just, it was just them going to church, going home, meet their neighbors. Hi, neighbors. Yeah, I don't, or, mind, I guess, I don't mind some setup and some ambiance, but there was yeah. literally no point to any of this shit. <laughs> we did find out that the husband, John, is like a doctor or a medical student or something like that. Right, right. And he's a dick. And we yeah, it, and we find out the neighbors like lost their daughter. We don't really know what that means. She ran away to a cult or something. Because this takes place in like what year is this supposed to be? It's like sixty nine, like I think. Something like Late that. 60s, even, early seventies. Even though I saw an early eighties uh, Dotson Z two ten. That's one of those time uh, loop paradoxes. That, uh, <laughs> defies scientific explanation. I love yeah. how this guy tells his. Uh, Tells his wife Mia uh, that she's a little emotionally sensitive because she's a lot pregnant, you know. Because because telling pregnant women <laughs> what they already know, you know, that's always a good idea. You're just PMSing, bitch. Yeah, come on. So just- sorry for <laughs> sorry for saying that you were emotionally sensitive. So um, to ask, beg for your forgiveness, I'm going to give you this enormous, hideous porcelain doll. That's right. It, horrifyingly creepy doll. It's got some strange, like, sneer on it. I don't even know how to explain it. Big giant eyes just looking at you like a crazy person. Did you see how long the arms were? They were like fucking 90% of the length of the doll. That's right. They're just yeah. hanging limply at the side, and they're always, the, the hands are porcelain too, and so they're always uh, facing the wrong direction. It's like fucking dislocated. Jesus Christ. And she was happy because it completed her collection. She collects dolls. Yeah, well, Matt, uh, pregnant women are strange, strange creatures. Oh, that's right. You never know from <laughs> one minute to the next when they're going to be happy or sad, as he pointed out in his expert opinion as a doctor. Yeah. You know, right there, if I got that doll, I would have killed it with fire. Like, right, <laughs> right away. Just no freaking way that's in my house. <laughs> John, this doll is clearly evil. I'm going to put some kerosene on it and set it aflame. Yep. But, but instead, yeah, instead she puts it on a shelf where it can stare right at her baby. Right. She's got a bunch of normal-looking dolls and then that fucking ugly, monstrous thing sitting right next to it. And they're like, oh, yeah, it really sets the place. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, at least once that was over, at least they got straight into the action. Finally. Uh, so that night, they get woken up. There's something going on in their neighbor's house, right? 
Um, she thinks I love I love the conversation she had with the husband. She's like, I think I heard her scream. He's like, You think? He's like, Yeah, let's call police. Oh, I don't know. You just kind of you just think you did. Let me go check it out. You're pregnant. <laughs> you know, pregnant yeah. women are crazy. Yeah, uh, you may be just emotionally sensitive. That's a recurring theme throughout this whole thing. Right. <laughs> I think you're insane because you're pregnant and a woman. So uh, I let the man check it out. Right. Oh, that's carrying the theme over for the conjuring, is it? Uh, the woman is the problem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if it weren't for the woman. Who's women and their emotions. This doll wants. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he goes to check it out. And then she wanders outside, too, because, I don't know, it makes a good scene, I guess. Good enough. Why not? Why not? Uh, he runs out covered in blood, and he's like, call the police! Um, right, what yeah. the fuck did he do to get blood all over his entire body? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's not my It's not my blood. It's I just fucking uh, rolled around in it a little bit. So, call the police. Call an ambulance. Yeah. So, she runs in, and it turns out some crazy murderers. Uh, who, who, as it turns out, is the daughter of that couple next door and her cult boyfriend, uh, I guess they murdered their parents, right? Yeah, so and, she uh, ran off to join a cult, and uh, as they do, always come back and they yeah. kill their parents. So Yeah. So, but in the time that he, like, ran out, and I guess she ran out, somehow they sneaked into their house. <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting for her inside. And they, yeah, they wait, they attack her. Um, the, the guy stabs her right in the baby. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, movie's over. He just stabbed her in the baby. Yeah, you know, she's very pregnant. She's got that fake pregnant prosthetic on her. And, yeah, he goes right – you know, he could stab her anywhere, but he stabs her, bam, right in the uterus. Uh-huh. And the, uh, and the daughter, the crazy daughter from next door, she's got the Annabelle doll because uh, – what does she say? She's like, I like your dolls. <laughs> yeah, whispers that. Right. Um, there's a little bit of a struggle. Suddenly, there's a cop, and he shoots the guy dead. Boom, boom. So that was great. And uh, the, meanwhile, this, uh, this this daughter, whose name is Annabelle, right? This is the Annabelle. Uh, she's locked herself in a room with the doll, and she knows she's not going to get out, so of course she slashes her throat. Now, very subtle, a yeah. little a blood drops into from Annabelle's slashed throat into the doll's eye. And as we all know, Matt, that uh, leads to instant possession always, 100% of the time. That's what I see at that point. I was thinking, is her evil spirit going to go into the doll like Chucky style and inhabit the doll? Oh, or, yeah. oh yeah. Or also, we got to get an Annabelle Chucky crossover. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, really? Oh, An- God, Annabelle's uh, the bride of Chucky. That's the another prequel. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, fortunately, um, everything is okay. Yeah, they they take her to the hospital, and the doctor says. The amniotic sac was not punctured, even though he fucking buried that knife, you know, to the hilt. Uh, the right. amniotic sac was not punctured, uh, but uh, your ultrasound shows signs of stress on the cervix. The fuck does that mean? Um, you're the doctor. Come on. <laughs> it looks like your cervix is a little stressed out. <laughs> stressed out. He's taking a vacation. So, uh, bed rest for the rest of your pregnancy. I guess that's what they did in the 60s. Yeah, just bed rest. Listen, you hysterical woman. In order to prevent trauma from fainting, you just uh, lie down on the fainting couch and stay there for the rest of your pregnancy. <laughs> That'll do it. Yep. Stress, stress on the cervix. Cervix start, stress. I'm going to start using that diagnosis now. Uh, what about for men, Chuck? What would the stress be? 
for men, you just do an ultrasound on the penis, and then you know your urethra looks a little stressed. There's <laughs> signs of stress on your urethra. I prescribe big boy pants. <laughs> <laughs> Manifested by complaining about shit. Uh, so they go home, right? She has to stay in bed. And they get awakened, and this is the start of the creepiness, right? Uh, er- by the way, everything in this movie, it really cheap scares. I'm sorry, but, you know, just things in the background, just little spooky things, uh, maybe a loud sound, just to scare you, you know, boo, uh, you might as well say. Yeah, it's not even, um, you know, usually they make some effort to do the stuff in the background really subtly, Right, it's not even yeah. subtle. Like there's no. a big old lit door. It's the only door in the house, and you see the uh, creepy Annabelle ghost walk past. Right. Okay. Real scary. Real scary. Yeah. What's his name? John. He goes to check out uh, the sewing machine. Turns on by itself, apparently. And every time they go to check this, nobody turns on a light. Turn on the fucking light. No. Okay. Can't you can't do that. <laughs> uh, but the so the doll starts creeping out the mom though, right? It's she's she's like, oh, I can't take it because uh, the kid, so Annabelle held it when she died. And she doesn't want it. So it's hubby, uh, Doctor John, he goes and throws it in the trash. He throws it in the trash can, Chuck. Yep, that's done. End of movie. It's in the trash can, right? Well, you have to uh, light it. You have to pour kerosene on it, light it on fire, <laughs> and then I think you have to salt it after that. I think so. Yeah, when a psycho killer slits her throat holding your doll, like you don't, you don't keep that. Yeah, you just you burn yeah, it. <laughs> all my emotional attachment to that creepy ass doll is pretty much done. Um, but then we start getting deeper into this. The police come by; uh, they're just there to confirm everything we already know. But also, so I find out that not only were they in a cult, they were in a satanic cult. Oh, a satanic cult. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. This is not just like some cult of Dionysus or some shit like that. This is a no. satanic cult. It wasn't a Bacchanalian cult. It wasn't a Mormon cult. They were going to Burning Man or anything. It was <laughs> <laughs> this is Damn. actual satanic shit, Matt. This is serious. That's what they do. They kill babies. They eat babies. Just like atheists. Oh, yeah. We love babies. Uh, so here's my question, Chuck. Is she evil and her spirit possessed a doll? Or was she possessed by a demon who escaped or was transferred into the doll through the blood. She was clearly possessed by a demon who, uh, and as we all know from the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, lives in the blood. And so that's why we don't get blood transfusions, because you transfer demons that way. That's right. So did she kill herself, or did the demon do it? Because demon likes dolls. Aha! I like dolls. I think it was the plan of the demon all along. To get into the doll. they want (laughs) souls. No one suspects the doll. (laughs) <laughs> like the Spanish Inquisition yes <laughs> very good you picked up on that <laughs> <laughs> oh well then what happens next well the first thing you do uh, when weird shit starts happening is you take off for a business trip yes and you leave your pregnant wife your very pregnant wife who needs bed rest who's not even supposed to get out of bed really the doctor said Right. I'll, be, I'll just be gone for a couple of days it's your third trimester. What could go wrong? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Then we come. I love the, this. Is one of my favorite scenes is the popcorn scene because the night before he was going to make popcorn, he put one of those Jiffy Pop things on the stove. He never made it, and then it was just sitting there the next day. 
and she's sewing. And in this massively telegraphed scene with yeah. her finger and the sewing machine, her finger and the sewing machine, her finger and the sewing finger and her finger and her finger. And you're just like, oh, my God, just let her get stuck on the sewing machine, just for God's sake. Prick the fucking finger. And they keep going back to the Jiffy Pop, too. Like, oh, I That's wonder, right. I wonder what's going to happen here. This Jiffy Pop is on the stove. Hmm. Uh, what could possibly happen next? It explodes they, in the flames. Slowly <laughs> zooming in on it, right? Oh, my God. Oh yeah, it takes a lot of time. They always they're really I want to point out that that this movie was directed by the cinematographer for the third Chucky movie. So, <laughs> Is it possible, Matt, that the demon just wanted a bag of popcorn? I mean, he just he wanted some popcorn, he was denied it, and then he had to have the soul. <laughs> he would have settled for the Jiffy Pop, right. but no. So I thought the doll is possessed. But apparently it doesn't matter. The, the, the doll's just there, and the demon can just wander around and do stuff anyway, like close doors and jiffy pop popcorn. And That's the problem. You don't know the uh, intricacies of demonology. We, we, gotta, we have to have the Warrens on the show. Well, where are the fucking experts? They can explain, <laughs> they can explain all of this. I love how she starts this roaring fire, right? This, this popcorn bag pops, explodes, immediately starts this massive fire. Right. <laughs> During the fire, she falls, and then she gets pulled back by her leg. Oh, yeah. which That was Conjuring style. Which, yeah, very scary. Very, very um, scary. So one more question. Does it even matter that the Warrens have that doll locked up in a case if it can just wander around and do oh, stuff? Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> oh, but the door to that room is locked, too. Okay. <laughs> There's like eight locks on it, remember? That was a so- close one. <laughs> That's what all those locks are for. <laughs> The Annabelle doll demon. Oh, he's free. Yeah, to, he's free to walk around the artifact room, but he can't get out that locked door. I don't think uh, Mia is taking this very seriously. I think when I'm pulled back by an unseen force, that's when I start taking shit seriously. <laughs> she. Well, they they moved out of the house, you know. Well, that's true, but fire damage. I mean, that's, you got it. <laughs> they might not have had a choice, right? Uh, and uh, they go back to church. Uh, this is one of my favorite scenes. The priest, uh, whose name is Father Perez, asked to take a picture of the baby. Now, this is ostensibly to hang up on his, quote, new member's bulletin board, right? But we right. all know that picture's going straight into a catalog of future molestation victims. Right. She does not seem very happy about it in that scene, by the way, either. <laughs> exactly. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, God, keep me out of this picture, Father, please. <laughs> It's so creepy. <laughs> I got it, and I gotta say, I like Tony Amadola. I like that actor. He's been in some. He's been in some stupid shit that I like, like Stargate. He was in, um, but in this movie, he is not. If if you want to play a rapey priest, then yeah, Tony Amadola is your oh, man. He nailed it. He, <laughs> he nailed totally it. Did. She uh, Mia goes on to say that you know. Well, I gotta go. She looks very uncomfortable. Right, she's like, uh, yeah. I really gotta go. Uh, I got a lot of boxes to unpack. And Father Prez replies, unfortunately, I don't have a prayer to help you with that. (laughs) I love that. You don't have any prayers to help anything. (laughs) much like God, it's impossible for this guy to get off his fucking ass and do some actual work. Oh, you know, I'd say a prayer for you, but I don't have any unpacking prayers. (laughs) Got to oh, get a lot out of a lot of work with that line. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, yeah, we're trying to move. We could use some help. Oh, I, I can't. I, I'd say a prayer for you, but I gotta. I got. 
Whoa. I got I got to go develop this picture. I got to go molest some children. <laughs> I got uh, I'm book solid today. I could not even squeeze you in. Oh man. Well, they go home and they're unpacking their boxes like she said, and they get to the last box, and guess what's in the bottom of the last box? A very scary thing. <laughs> it's a Annabelle. Annabelle, she's crawled out of the garbage and yep. packed herself in a box. <laughs> the last box. <laughs> made sure. And the dad's all freaked out. Dad's like, oh, I thought I threw that out. Instead of like, I definitely threw that out. <laughs> I could have sworn I threw that out. <laughs> I would have been like, I totally remember throwing that out and putting the lid on the trash can. Uh, and now she wants to keep the frickin' doll. She's oh, yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to keep it. Before she was like, oh, she died uh, with this doll in her hands. Now she's like, oh, it was a gift from you, even though it looks ten times creepier than it did when we, <laughs> right. we bought it, because now it's been burned in a fire and cracked. Bled on. Did anybody Bled clean the blood out of the eye? <laughs> Bled on. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like it. kind of like it. It's a gift. I should keep it. Kind of cute. Um, and now the movie starts all over. Is <laughs> what I felt like because yep. they moved into a new house. Now we're like, she's learning about the neighborhood. She's meeting her neighbors, and, uh, and the weird shit starts happening again. And then the weird shit starts happening. Right? She meets um, some kids who are drawing pictures, but they won't tell her their names. Right? Mamas, don't talk to strangers. Now, now later she finds some pictures on the stairs with uh, some kid drawings of her baby getting run over by a car. Right. right. Uh, there are like a succession of pictures she's finding as she's walking upstairs yeah. with a truck getting closer and closer. And smashing the baby, and there's all this blood on the last picture. And they have like this 15-minute conversation about it, and I kept wondering, are we going to find out about the kids? Uh, are we going to come back to that ever? No. Nope. <laughs> no. No. They were just um, – I. I they were psychic, I guess. They were psychic children. No, I was expecting them to be ghosts or something like that. But I uh, guess so, because they disappeared. They never showed up again. So, yeah, um, weird shit, Matt. Uh, a TV briefly uh, shows static instead of the actual TV channel. The record player starts. She turns it off, and then it starts again. Her sewing machine starts all by itself. Uh, well, then then she starts having the, the major, major stuff happening, right? She yeah. sees... She finally, sees a little girl in her house. Finally, there's a little child in a dress that looks suspiciously like the dress adult Annabelle was wearing when she killed herself. Yes. And she runs right at her and turns into the adult Annabelle. And, I don't know, goes out the window or something. I can't remember what. She just, like, flew through her. And sp- yeah, she disappeared and the uh, curtains behind her billowed. Again, very scary shit, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, to me, this was looking like the spirit... Of the the insane Annabelle uh, uh, daughter is uh, has latched onto her like in the Conjuring, right? Uh, and uh, it's just exploiting that trope that the woman is weak and she's scared, yes. and and the ghost kind of only stalks her really when the man is not around. So everybody thinks she's crazy. Right. Throughout this entire movie, right? <laughs> right. He sees nothing. The scientific doctor gets nothing. As a matter of fact, when he comes home. He tells her she's just having manifestations of, of anxiety, right? <laughs> he said it's perfectly normal for new mothers to experience postpartum. And then she cuts him off. I'm like, postpartum what? <laughs> postpartum. Hallucinations? <laughs> postpartum visitations by angry kid ghosts who turn into adult ghosts before disappearing through them and going out the window? That's very common. Postpartum. Is, yeah, that's what happens. You know. <laughs> yeah, it happens after you give birth. 
And Mia says, you know, being a doctor doesn't make you an expert on everything, right? Oh, oh that yeah. is where I draw the line, Matt. The first this thing is- <laughs> they teach you in medical school is that once you get an MD, you are an expert on everything. everything. <laughs> he should know that. If I'm not an expert on hysterical postpartum women hallucinating about vengeful spirits out of anxiety from getting stabbed by a crazy cultist, <laughs> what in the hell did I even go to medical school for? Exactly. Oh, exactly. I like how that little exchange pisses John off so much. He says, hey, we need to talk to somebody. And she's like, a shrink? They go, oh, no, 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 no. He's going <laughs> to take his not. crazy wife to something much better than a psychiatrist, Father Perez. Ah, Father Perez. He'll solve this shit. Perhaps he's the expert we've been looking for. <laughs> Why? Nope. <laughs> Why would you take your crazy wife to a psychiatrist? You got a priest just down the street. <laughs> oh man! You know we 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 passed that. Um, oh no, no, we haven't. After this, uh, she has a great basement. You know, this was the one scene in the movie that I thought had some promise to be scary, and I think they just kind of they just lost the opportunity i don't know they just uh they didn't quite know what to do with it i think yeah right i thought man if anything this would be scary she sees this little stroller kind of roll out and there's a crying baby and uh i kind of lost all suspension of disbelief even in a dark basement you hear a crying baby in a stroller you don't slowly walk up to it you run right right you'd be like what the fuck yeah you run over there i take care of this kid uh yeah no she slowly it takes her like five minutes to walk over there yeah she gets she gets grabbed by some sort of demon hand it leaves a it leaves a strange mark on her arm yep um and she runs back to the elevator and then we have to sit there for five minutes while the elevator door closes and then it opens and then it closes this is just and then it opens I couldn't figure and it out. then it closes and is this <laughs> is this a comedy or a horror movie right because it, honestly the at this point, the demon's just playing a prank on her now. I hit the button, I close the doors, it blinks a couple times, makes it look like it's going and changing floors, but then it opens up and I'm still at the same floor. Literally like seven or eight fucking times. <laughs> Finally, she just goes, oh, fuck it, and runs out the exit door. <laughs> the clearly marked, by the way, illuminated exit sign over the door. Fortunately, it must have independent circuitry from the uh, flashing and uh, flickering elevator lights. Right. Oh. Thank God the exit door light is not affected by supernatural uh, events. Yeah. So, so what's going on? Well, she has a detective come over who was investigating all this shit when it happened, right? The cult murders. And uh, he says not only is it a satanic cult, but this cult in particular was trying to conjure something up. You know, demons, the devil, the tooth fairy, something like that. Oh, that's right. He doesn't really believe that shit, though. He's a stupid skeptic, Chuck. No. He's like that uh, sheriff in The Conjuring. Like, you be like? She's like, oh, that's really fascinating. And he's like, oh, it doesn't no. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all the it's same. Just, it's all hocus just, pocus. Just crazy people. Crazy people do crazy yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. Like you, crazy pregnant women. That fool. Um, yeah. She sees a picture. He's there. Written in, uh-huh. spe- he's there specifically for the audience to laugh at the foolish skeptic. Exactly. Just like John, the doctor is the embodiment of like the of science and how science knows nothing. You know. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, every time he showed up, 
uh, it was like the uh, skeptic effect was in full force. All the paranormal <laughs> shit stopped every time he showed up. Oh, God. The demon, that's going to tell you, demons are scared of science, Matt. That's the moral I took away from this story. Well, she finds out the name of the cult, and they are known as the Disciples of the Ram. And if that isn't scary, I don't uh, know what yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but then we get to meet the wise black woman, uh, who is also her neighbor and has a bookstore down the street with many occult books because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she knows about this shit, apparently. It's called, like, The Devil is Welcome or something like that. <laughs> She's like, here, I'm your neighbor. Have a, an occult book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. So she she goes to the bookstore, owns and operated by her neighbor, who is the, the wise black woman, and, and tells her th- she thinks she's being haunted by a ghost. But, but the bookstore lady... Uh, she's the expert we've been looking for. She knows what's going on. Oh, yeah. She um, sets her straight. Right. She tells her ghosts, you know, haunt specific places, so it's not a ghost. It must be a malevolent spirit in the flesh summoned by cult members. <laughs> so she knows exactly. Whoever's writing this shit is just making it up, just pulling yes. the shit out of it. Now, listen to the, all of these rules that are set in stone, right? Ghosts haunt places, okay? Uh, it's, so it's not a ghost, clearly. It's got to be a demon. It's a demon. And demons want souls. Oh, that's right. Um, I think we find that out from Father Perez later. Or do we find that out from her, too? I think she said yeah. that demons want souls. Um, and that leads to the conversation where uh, she tries to she tried to kill herself because she noticed a little mark on her wrist. And she tried to kill herself a while back. But she heard the voice of her dead daughter telling her that God had a plan for her. And it wasn't her time yet. So she did not complete her suicide attempt. Oh, yeah. God has a plan for her. You know what God's plan for her is? Eternity in hell. (laughs) Apparently. We'll get to it. (laughs) God's got a plan for her, all right. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, She goes home. They have an episode with a doll again. This time the doll... This is when you seriously got to be freaking out. The doll just rises up and floats in air and stares at her. Like Yeah. The doll's not content just to sit around and maybe shift positions or pop some popcorn now. It fucking levitates three feet off the floor. Uh, but th- but nothing bad happens, so I guess she just walked away or something? She's well, like, okay. nothing bad <laughs> happens because John comes home. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and the doll's nowhere to be seen, you know, it's no problem. It's all stopped. John, and so he calls Father Perez. Now, this is apparently the solution to every fucking problem John has. He's going to call Father Perez. Right. No matter what happens, you know, the trouble in my marriage, uh, we need some counseling, my wife is crazy because she's pregnant, we're being haunted by a doll, Father Perez is the solution to everything. Call the father. Call Faja. He tells um, he, them, Perez yeah. comes right over, because, you know, priests don't have anything to do, they're just sitting there waiting. He says that uh, demons sometimes use objects as conduits to achieve their desired goal. Our souls. <laughs> That's right. But, Matt, there are rules attached to this. They can't just take souls. You have to offer them your soul, you see. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, at this part of the movie, I was kind of thinking, what would, uh, what would Pastor Dave tell him? <laughs> He'd be like, read Matthew 14, verse 31, and then walk away. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> that's it. Uh, if if you that's want not enough. Verse. <laughs> <laughs> Try Leviticus 17. Try just opening the fucking Bible to a random spot and just read it, all right? <laughs> Jesus, stop bothering me. Well, the priest is useless because he, he, he's like, I don't know what to do. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. She she goes, wow, you know, um, what are we going to do now? And he says, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but maybe somebody back at the church will. But at the very least, I have heard of a married couple that the church has worked with in the past to deal with this type of thing. Ding. Who do you think, <laughs> who do you think that is, Matt? Oh, a married couple. Um, Back east. Uh, Dr. Ruth and her husband? <laughs> um, wait, the no. Warrens. The Warrens. Oh, the, the Warrens. Warrens. I love how he's like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll call the Warrens. Isn't Father Perez supposedly the expert on this type of thing? Isn't this exactly what he was trained uh, for in seminary, in priest school? No, this is, this is definitely something you get a contractor. We're, you get contractor maintenance. <laughs> we're supposed to believe that when the one true church of God doesn't have the power to handle a demon, they put a call out to some random couple back east with special expertise in demons. <laughs> well, it yet- looks like uh, the power of Christ can't help you. We're going to call the Warrens. <laughs> and you know what the Warrens always do? They call, they call fucking priests. Priest <laughs> get them exercise. This is such bullshit. You know, this isn't how it works. Some loony person calls the Warrens, and the Warrens call the priest, not the other way around. Give me a fucking break. Oh, the great, the great thing about this scene is that they all have this chat in the living room with the fucking doll sitting there on the couch, propped up like like it's part of the conversation. <laughs> like it's a participant. <laughs> the doll's like, ah, oh, yeah, that's true. They look at it every now and then. <laughs> yep, demons can't take souls. They have to be offered. That's right. Well, the, the priest, he says, here's, here's what I'll do for you. I'll take the doll. Maybe if we put it in, what did he say? Maybe put it in a holy place or a consecrated place. A sacred place, which will sacred weaken the place. demon. So hopefully it won't have enough strength to return. That sacred place turns out to be his car. Right. He goes and puts it in the front seat next to him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, dude, put that shit in the trunk. What are you doing? <laughs> fuck is wrong with you, Father Perez? And then he thinks about it, and I think, oh, he's coming to his senses. And he goes, no, I'll throw it in the back seat instead. Yeah. <laughs> put it behind me. Yeah. Just so we can have five minutes of him driving to the church, looking over his shoulder. The radio goes staticky, and then you start thinking, oh, he's going to crash into a pole or something. But nothing happens. No, he, he pulls up to the church, right, and takes it all out of the car, walks up the steps. And then there's a creepy girl standing on the steps. Of course there is. What did he think would happen when he took the doll? Come on! At, you know, at this point, like, yeah, he tries to run in the church, and he just gets, like, like booted in the face or something by invisible... Flies Who knows 20 what? feet back, lands on his head on concrete. Right. Don't worry, he's okay. He's just I just, off. I thought, holy crap, that demon just murdered him. That's what I and thought, not- too. Like, what the fuck are we doing in the hospital? We should be at a grave site. Right. She, <laughs> the demons, you see her stepping past... The, the priest, Father Perez, and this massive amount of blood is leaking out of his head. Right. That, that can't be good. You know, usually in like these scary movies, when the priest dies, it's it's like it's like a secondary action. Like like they, the evil spirit causes something to happen that falls over and kills the priest, right? Like in the exorcist, like the whatever, the cross when they fell off the roof. This one, the, 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 the freaking demon just walked up and punched him, I think. Just, it's just yeah. like Matt, I'm just a family doc, but generally when people fly 20 feet in the air and land on their head on a fucking sidewalk and then start bleeding profusely, that's typically not a good sign. Yeah. I'm not an expert, but generally you don't come back from that. Yeah, I love how we, we cut to the hospital. He's okay. He just got and, some black eyes, that's all. And John is is sitting there with him, not with his wife 
or oh right, he's yeah. just like oh. because he's a medical student. You see, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He'll it's take care ready. of it. <laughs> and uh, he warns the he warns the he warns him. He's like he's like oh god, what are you doing here? The demon wants her souls, and it must be offered. So that means she'll probably offer it to save the baby. Which, by the way, what a dick God is. <laughs> he lets demons roam the earth and terrorize people into giving up their souls? He says, well, uh, the baby can't give permission, right? It's just not right. physically capable of giving permission. So therefore, it's got to be the mom. That's who the so, demon's after. He jumps in his car to run home. Uh, somehow, Father Perez gets there first. What or, or is it not Father Perez? I think that's, it's that, the I think it's the demon in Father it just Perez form. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's at the door and he just screams at her. May God have mercy on your soul. Yeah, I love it. Like he pounds on the door. She looks out and sees this fucking bald head that's turned around facing backwards. Right. She opens so she's, the door. And yeah. Goes, oh, hello, <laughs> Father Perez. He's like, excuse oh. me, I'm molesting a child. I'll be with you in a few minutes. Oh, but there's they run around. There's crying. The baby's missing. The neighbor comes over. She's trying to help. There's writing in crayon scrawled on the ceiling. It says, like, her soul or some shit. Um, the mom can't find her baby, but she starts to realize. She's like, oh, okay, don't kill my baby. And Yeah, she sees Annabelle inside the crib and just beats the living shit out of that doll. That's right. <laughs> Doesn't do anything. Doesn't help. No. But she slowly climbs into the window because she's going to jump out, offering her soul so that they won't kill the baby, right? Yep. That makes John sense. John shows up. Uh, Alfred Woody shows up. I can't even remember her character's name. <laughs> but the bookstore owner. Bookstore owner. She shows up. They're like, no! Uh, he's able to grab her before she jumps. That was a close she, one. Yeah, we're like, oh, yeah. Because that would have been a better ending. But you, yeah. you don't want the white lady to die. Oh, my no. God. No. <laughs> But then we turn around and we see... She's like, what are you doing? I've got to give my soul to save my daughter. I've got to give my soul to save my daughter. They're like, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. There's got to be. Isn't there some way the white people can survive? <laughs> Turns out there is another way. Black, they turn around and the black lady's up in the window. I got this. She's holding the doll. I got this one. <laughs> but see, that's when we realized back in one of the conversations where... She, where she's, she feels responsible for killing her own daughter because she fell asleep at the wheel and they got in a car accident and her daughter didn't survive. And she now this is herself, the plan. But God stopped her. Now we find out what plan God had in store for her. God's plan is for her to sacrifice her soul to this demon <laughs> to save the baby. So so uh, why can't God's plan just be to give the baby back to mom because she didn't do anything to deserve this shit other than get a gift of a... a Quite possibly the most monstrously hideous doll in the entire world. I guess I guess her, it was her fault living next to neighbors that had a daughter that ran away and joined the cult. Yeah, that's true. Oh, God. Well, bookstore lady jumps. She's dead. Everybody's happy because um, – They get their baby back because she can't find her baby before that, right? She's looking all over the place. Right. The baby's gone. Now she gets her baby back. So, yeah, and uh, we hear the sermon from Father Perez – Greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And so that, yeah. that was God's uh, plan, you see. Ah, and so, where's you know, the doll? Give or take uh, an eternity of torment in hellfire, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, it's all good. It's fine. Yeah. It's a good plan. God's so uh, loving and wise. 
And it wouldn't have been the end of the world if that baby died, because babies just go straight to heaven, right? Yeah, didn't Catholic Church get rid of limbo? I, I think so. And instead, like Bookstore Lady is a demon's play toy, I'm assuming, exactly. because that's the rules. Well, you know, God's got a plan for all of us, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, and then where's the doll? The doll's gone. It's still out there. Father Perez tells us that evil is constant, much like uh, energy, right? It cannot be created or destroyed. Oh, yeah, I love that line. Uh, and then there's the movie finishes with a fucking quote by Lorraine Warren. Thanks. Yeah, we cut to the antique shop, right, where a lady is looking to buy a present for her nursing student daughter, and so this ties the whole thing together. She ah. uh, picks out the Annabelle doll, which now having survived uh, fire and a savage beating from uh, Mia, now looks about 100 times more hideous than it did <laughs> even to begin with. And she's, and she's like, like, oh my Ooh. god, the perfect present. I love it. It's so rare. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we get a little... Uh, uh, a little blurb at the end. Annabelle now sits in a glass case inside the artifact room of Ed and Lorraine Warren. It is blessed yeah. by a priest twice a month. Because, you know, priest blessings wear off after about two weeks. And about two weeks' time <laughs> on those things. Right. Well, that ought to do it. Thanks a lot, everyone. <laughs> Keep it in the case. <laughs> so, uh, you want to go through a, a little fact and fiction on Annabelle? I do. I mean, let's hear some fact and fiction. Number one. Annabelle was a porcelain doll. Fact or fiction? Uh, fact. Fiction! Obviously, I saw the movie. Fiction! We covered that what? last year in The Conjuring. It is a Raggedy Ann doll, which is not quite as horrifying, but pretty close. Yeah, they're still pretty creepy. So. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? Uh, John and Mia existed. Fact or fiction? Uh, oh, that's totally... This is all based on true stories. Fiction! Yeah. Oh, damn it! The actual story begins with a mother purchasing the Annabelle doll for her daughter. The last 30 fucking seconds of the movie. That's the only thing that's even remotely true about this whole story. It's all a fictionalized account about how a demon might have entered the doll in the first place. Well, surely an Annabelle existed, though. Uh, A A real person named Annabelle. A human Annabelle existed, fact or fiction? Fact. Fact. Sort of. Oh. Sort of. Damn it. The real-life Annabelle was Annabelle Higgins, who supposedly died as a child and was not a member of a satanic cult, and as far as I can tell, Matt, never broke into a house and murdered anyone. Oh, boring. I'm still looking looking into it. It's possible. How about uh, the real owners of the doll tried to throw it away, but it kept reappearing, just like in the movie? Uh, Well, of course, because if I had that doll, I'd, I'd... I'd try to throw it away. First thing you do, right? Fiction! Yeah. This oh. shit happened over an entire year, and it apparently never occurred to the nursing student to throw the fucking doll away. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't all the real Annabelle doll move, was like, they just find it kind of moved a little bit every day? Yes. <laughs> it's yes, our that poop. Is, that is fact. Uh, according to the true story from Ed and Lorraine Warren, the doll was found in different positions and in different rooms when the nursing students came home. Matt, <laughs> This is truly a supernatural event and has no scientific explanation. I'm pretty sure their roommate was fucking with them. (laughs) (laughs) How about the real Annabelle doll left messages? Remember, she walked into that room and had all those messages scrawled on the wall and the ceiling. Oh, totally. Totally fact. That is a fact. What? When the nursing students came home, they would find messages scrawled in childlike writing on parchment paper, such as, help us and help Lou. Now... Lou was a fiancé of one of the nursing students who was rooming with him at the time. Again, this <laughs> defies scientific explanation, 
and I'm sure it wasn't Lou himself who was doing this shit while the ladies right. were gone. This doesn't sound like anything people would do like in college or school to each other, to their roommates. <laughs> how about blood appeared on the Annabelle doll? Fact or fiction? No, how would blood appear? Just on Fact! Ah, Upon it. returning home... <laughs> are, you, are you noticing a pattern here, Matt? Are you saying it never happened when they were home? Upon returning home, Donna found a red substance on the doll. This is what prompted the students to contact a medium and eventually go to the, the Warrens for help. So They didn't take it to like the lab at the hospital and say, hey, what is this red substance? Oh, my God. If it did not occur to them to uh, throw the doll away, that would never <laughs> have occurred to them. To look at under a fucking microscope to see if there are red blood cells in there. Oh, boy. How well, about, how many did I get right? Uh, <laughs> Uh, you got them all right. Did, oh, yeah. the, uh, did the demon attached to the Annabelle doll really start a kitchen fire? Uh, fact. That is fiction. Oh, Jiffy Pop, come on. That all seems, demons love popcorn. That seems plausible. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's <laughs> the name of my new children's book. All demons love popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> but it never happened. Oh. And how about the wise black lady book owner? Was she uh, Evelyn? Based on a, was that character based on a real person? Of course she was. Fiction. Ah. No, she's entirely fictional. Well, great. Now, are you telling me I can't believe anything in this movie? That, that character is such a cliche. The wise book owner who's an expert on the supernatural. That had to yeah. be fiction. That's why you become a book owner, because you love books. You read books. You become an expert. Then you start thinking, I should sell books. I'm going to open a bookstore. Bookstore slash coffee shop. No, just bookstore. Matt, can you visit the real Annabelle doll? Yes, of yes, course you, you can. Yes, you can. Yes. Knew that. <laughs> they put a plug in it at the end of the movie. The actual doll is located at Ed Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, Matt. You can go to the Warren's website and uh, <laughs> schedule a tour. Excellent. Where is it? In Connecticut? Monroe, Connecticut. Ah, oh, fuck. Well, I'm not going there. That's <laughs> For a second, I was like, hey, let's go there. Let's go see this. Well, at the end of the movie, in a shop, you can see a Raggedy End doll. There's a little, little nod to the uh, original. To the actual one? Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, I did read that Alfre Woodard, she didn't see The Conjuring, but so to prepare for this movie, she, sorry, to, uh, she prepared for the movie by researching the true story that inspired no, the film. That was a uh, horrible way to prepare for this movie. Yeah. That was prob- quite possibly the worst way to prepare yourself for this entirely fictional movie. I'm not really sure how that prepares you to be the wise black woman bookshop <laughs> owner that didn't exist in the story. But. Uh, but why not? Why not? She's a method actor. It's method. Yeah. All right. Well, cool beans. Uh, that's it for this Halloween episode of the Ed and Lorraine Warren show. Yes. Thanks for coming. Visit the museum. Tickets being purchased online. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're in Connecticut. Come again. There is an, in 1974, I like this story. Well, I don't like it, but um, 
Uh, let me start that over. <laughs> I don't want to say, I keep, every time a child dies, I one, go right for the... One of my favorite child death stories. 